0: What I liked really about the Church and what, which I didn't see in the, in the Orthodox Church is this academic, open approach to, to the Bible and explaining the Bible and teaching the Bible and allowing people to interact with the Bible.
1: Is the Orthodox Church the one true Holy Apostolic Church? Today, we're going to hear from a friend of mine who will answer this question and more. Please stay with us. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Grace and Truth. I'm a grateful Gospel Center disciple of Jesus Christ who struggles yet perseveres and my name is Dave. I hope and pray that you're doing well. Back in 2019, I did a broadcast called Orthodoxy in Conflict. This is where I shared my own experience with the Eastern Orthodox Church and how I concluded that it was not the one true holy apostolic church. Over the years, we have seen several people who leave the Christian faith to become a part of the Orthodox Church. We also hear how they made the decision mainly based on experience, But does experience always lead to truth? Today we get to hear from a brother in Christ who was a former EOC parishioner who became a Bible-believing Christian. His name is Victorio. We'll also talk about how you can respond to your friends who have become members of the EOC and what the Bible has to say about the rituals that are practiced. This interview was broadcasted live on Facebook on November 21st, 2020. Let's take a listen. Victorio, welcome.
0: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
1: Absolutely. So before I have um, Victorio share his story, let me pray for us and then we'll go ahead and get started. Father God, Adonai, we thank you that you are still with us and Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to talk with Victorio. Um, We know that he's talking from a different time frame from us right now, but we are grateful that he's taken this opportunity to um, talk with us and that you've given this time for us as well. Lord, please speak through our brother tonight slash today. And what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. What we are not, make us. In Jesus' name, amen all right amen. amen with that said Victorio I'm going to pass the mic over to you and let's and everybody I hope and pray that um, you are encouraged by his testimony God bless you brother
0: okay so I'll, I'll share short a little bit of, a, of my testimony um, I was born and raised in Skopje Macedonia so Macedonia is, is in Eastern Europe um, at the age of seventeen, uh, I moved to the, to the U.S. the United States to study uh, last year of high school. Uh, but prior to that, I I was born and raised in the Eastern Orthodox Church. My all my family were and still are um, Eastern Orthodox. And we were nominal, I would say, we were, we're, weren't as, as entrenched into the church. We were nominal uh, Orthodox believers. Um, so I, I moved to the U.S. to study last year of high school when I was 17. And um, I stayed with a family, a uh, Christian family. They were, they were Protestants, they were Baptist, and they, were, they invited me to church. And uh, I went to church, and it was a interesting experience for me to, to visit a Protestant church and and see how worship was conducted. Um, but what I, as I was staying with the family, I would say that uh, would really prick my interest is I would see I would see the the host dad um, reading his Bible in the morning and I would come up to, to get some breakfast in the kitchen and he would, he would uh, say some some Bible verse to me or tell me something about the Bible. And that really intrigued me and uh, I started to pray. I started to pray for my family, for myself, um, and uh, I started to seek the Lord. And three three to four months, Uh, attending church, praying, Uh, the dad gave me a Bible and uh, I started to read the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament for the first time. I've never, uh, never read a Bible before. So um, I started to read the Old Testament from the beginning and the New Testament at the same time. So when I, when I got to Um, the Sermon on the Mount, so Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I was really impressed. I was really, I would say, uh, shocked by the teachings of Christ. And and I said, wow, this is amazing. This is true. I'm not a genuine Christian. Um, I have to repent and and follow him. And uh, that's when is through the Bible I think that the Lord opened my eyes and came through through his spirit and it liberated me from from sin and bondage and blindness and darkness so right away i I started uh, uh, to get involved in the church there was like a missionary conference at the at the church and I really wanted to evangelize and share this good news and talk about christ and i think what's what really um what i liked really about the church and which which i didn't see in the in the orthodox church is this uh academic open approach to to the bible and explaining the bible and teaching the bible and allowing people to interact with the bible in the orthodox church it was it was all wrapped up in in a cloud, in in mysticism. The Bible was somewhat un- inaccessible. Uh, the liturgy and and the preaching was was not understandable. It was in an old Slavic language back then. So that was like a big difference. I noticed this is this approach this. Um, academic emphasis and openness for every person to come to the Bible, come to Christ. Um, and not depend on a priest, not depend on a church, not depend on, on a saint. And uh, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord. My life was was transformed. I started to evangelize right away. And the door opened to study in the U.S. Um, so I studied at a university, a grad school. I worked also for several years there and had a big burden um, for my home country to, to return and share this good news with, with my family, with my relatives and the people here. I mean, Macedonia is, um, I would say, uh, in darkness, less than z- 0.01%. Of the population are evangelical or Protestant Christians, um, so I had, a, I had a big burden to come back and pursue missionary work, and evangelize, and uh, yeah, I've been here for for seven years now, and uh, it's been a blessing and enjoyable experience to evangelize and share the gospel and preach to people that that, that are hungry and are looking for answers so yeah that's that briefly it's is my testimony of of how i turned to, to the lord it was through the bible uh, that, that he opened my eyes in me reading it and
1: understanding it awesome thank you so much for sharing vittorio um so um with that said, um, we're gonna talk about some areas of the EOC that um, that that um, are of importance to talk about because a lot of people um, have this idea that tradition and religion are, are important when as the reality is it's Christ alone who is important to us as believers. And um, I wanna ask this first question. Um, when we talk about tradition, um, how is that, def- I mean. How is that defined um, by the, e- the Eastern Orthodox Church? And um, sh- the question is: Is tradition more important than truth? That's the first question I want to ask.
0: Uh, they they view it as equivalent. As in fact, I have a quote here I could I could uh, share it from Yeah, go ahead from Timothy uh, Timothy Ware It's the Oh the book
1: Callistos Ware. I've heard of him.
0: Yeah. So here's what it says about tradition. He says. Um, Tradition means more something more concrete and specific And so he's going to define tradition. It means the books of the Bible. It means the creed the creeds of the ecumenical councils the writings of the fathers the canons the service books the holy icons In fact the whole system of doctrine church government worship spirituality and art which orthodoxy has articulated over the ages so the way uh the way the church defines tradition is is uh a conglomerate of all these things church councils canons icons and including the Bible so the bible is viewed as part of this tradition and the funny thing is the church defines what what tradition is i e what truth is so you have the church people leaders leaders in the church defined um, truth, so you have basically uh, sola ecclesia versus sola scriptura. That's that's the that's the difference.
1: Ecclesia, by the way, it means church. Um, for those of you guys who are scratching your scalps, thinking, "What on earth does do any of these things mean?" And um, and, and and of course, um, in, a, in later on, we're going to talk about one of the things that we talked about in a moment, which is sola scriptura. Um, but I want to get to this whole idea of that. So they, they base it on tradition, but um, what does the Bible say about that? Do we as believers base our position of who Christ is on tradition or do we base it on his word?
0: Uh, well, we, tradition, the way we define it as Protestants is, um, is different from obviously the, the way they define it. Any any practice that is done repeatedly, and becomes integrated into the way we do our life, we can define it as tradition. So every we meet, for example, a church meets at 10 a.m. in the morning, and Sunday every Sunday for 20 30 years that should, that's a tradition for them. They have a picnic after church, that's a tradition for them. So it's it's it's. The church, the Orthodox Church, defines tradition in a different way. Obviously, we quoted uh, from from where how they they define it. Um, so it, it's it's radically different. But according to them, there is written tradition, there is oral tradition, and all that has been uh, encapsulated in the Orthodox Church. For us, there is only the Bible that we have from the apostles from. Jesus himself, Old Testament, New Testament. That's our final, final word. That's the final word of God, and we test everything in light of it. We don't depend on are there any additions?
1: You know, in the back of my Bible, um, I have one of my Bibles on my bookshelf. You mentioned something so important, Victoria, is is the, is First Timothy second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 which says all scripture is inspired by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness and how important that is that we be reminded of that um now the one thing i wanted to get to is this issue of justification and in front of me on my screen i have um, a copy of the, uh, Orthodox study Bible in ebook format. And next to me, of course, right here is what I, sometimes I like to call it the, um, the, uh, arch rival of the, uh, Orthodox study Bible called the Reformation study Bible. Um, and, um, so yeah, I know <laughs> a little inside joke, but, um, I want to get to this issue of justification because the Orthodox Church believes that justification is by faith and works, and they they use James chapter two verse twenty four as the foundation of their basis, which basically um, says, in a nutshell, let me go ahead and get it up on the screen here, well, on my screen that is. Um, Verse twenty four in particular says this: You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. And they have their own um, quote on that um, from their commentaries. But of course, as many of us as believers know, um, you have to look at the entire passage as a whole to understand mm-hmm. what is the um, what is the context of the passage. Um, from why do they use that verse as a basis for their position and? Um, what is our position on that um, when it comes to uh, the idea of faith and works as a basis of justification?
0: Well, they, they use that verse uh, as, a, as a proof text for their teaching that's, that justification is a process which involves works. And the works revolve around the seven sacraments, or the mystery, the Holy Mysteries, as, as they call them. Um, so uh, if, if that was the only verse we had in the Bible on that topic, we would say, maybe you're correct. You know, may, maybe that's, that's the right way to go. But obviously we don't, that's not the only verse in the Bible. Um, and when you look at the context specifically, uh, of James two, and when you compare it with Romans and Galatians, um, it's obviously not talking about that. I uh, mean, James is quoting the same verse that Paul is quoting in Romans four when he delineates how Abraham was was justified. So James is James wants to argue that that basically what he says that that faith without works that faith if it's not proven and demonstrated by works is dead and that's what he wants to that's what he wants to argue because a, a possible conclusion from reading galatians and reading uh, romans you know 3 4 and 5 you could say oh well paul paul answers that later on but you can say oh so i'm i'm saved by faith alone i'm saved by grace alone i can just Believe as I please and God will forgive me. He's already forgiven me in the past. So James is arguing, no, you have to validate and prove um, your salvation, demonstrate that you're saved, that God has saved you through your works. However, uh, salvation, according to the Bible, justification is a free gift that cannot be earned or deserved. Is infinite in value and no no amount of good works will attain salvation will attain justification but the concept of justification as I mentioned in the Orthodox Church is a is a process where a person merits and cooperates with uh, with their works uh, and it starts with baptism so it starts with baptism and then through the sacraments progresses to what they call this ladder of, of sanctification or deification, as they call it, mm-hmm. and then eventually ends in, ends in ultimate salvation in heaven. Mm. Uh, according to the, to the Bible, according to Protestantism, justification is a legal forensic act. Uh, whereby on the basis of Christ's righteousness, um, God declares a person perfectly just and righteous and gives, that, um, gives the Christ's righteousness to man as an absolutely free gift.
1: Hey guys, we're out of time for today, but we will continue this message next week. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at my website, chumaynew.com, or you can call me at 510-516-CHEW. That's 510-516-2439. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, peace out and God bless. Cinco's!